This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome, everyone, to the ninth episode of the Building a Trinity podcast. I am your host, Kyler Bills. I'm a freshman wrestling 285 pounds here at Trine, and I'm going to be your guide in the exploration of the Trine wrestling program, both past and present. I'm very excited to bring you the ninth installment of the Building a Trinity podcast. This is a bi-monthly podcast in which we'll have a guest on the program, whether it be a wrestler on the team now, a coach, or even some alumni of the program. Sometimes we may even have multiple guests, but the purpose of this is to ultimately to allow you to get to know some of the people behind the Trine Wrestling Program. Since the details are out of the way, we'll jump into today's guest. Joining us today, we have a very special guest, the founder of Indiana Matt, Joe Caprino. How are you doing, Coach Caprino? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing swell. So, you know, a little background. Um, Coach Caprino coached me through four years at Carroll. We've known each other for a while. He coached my brother, unfortunately. Um, so definitely, <laughs> definitely have some history there. So I'm really excited to, to sit down and talk to you. Sounds good. I'm excited. All right. So I always like to start with this question. It's a little deep. Um, who is Joe Caprino? That's a good question. You know, I um, off the wrestling mat, uh, Rocco and Annabella's dad, husband to Alexis, and uh, someone that likes to give back to the sport. And I, lo- I love wrestling. Been able to do a lot of cool things within the sport, and um, just someone that likes to, you know, see kids and people enjoy such a great sport and everything that goes along with it. No, absolutely. Um, you know, before we'll jump into the wrestling stuff, uh, what are what are some things you like to do? I know a lot of your your life is focused around wrestling. You know, you have Indiana Matt, which is absolutely amazing for the sport in the state of Indiana. Um, but what are your, some of your hobbies, and what are you doing outside of wrestling? Well, there's not much time outside. That, <laughs> I mean, the Indiana Matt stuff does. I mean, it's not quite year round, but it's year round enough. Already, you know, planning events and things like that, and people are always asking for advice. So, um, without that, it's you know, I kind of like to go hiking, get out in nature, and hopefully my phone turns off so I don't have to answer <laughs> emails, things like that. Um, actually, next week going on a uh, going down to the Smoky Mountains and doing some hiking up there and stuff like that. I kind of like just getting away and not being disconnected from from internet and all that kind of stuff and just enjoying nature and all the great creations out there no absolutely and you know anytime you can get outside obviously so much of of your life and our life is is wrestling but you know i always say this we're so much more than just wrestlers you know it's just it's a lot deeper than that um but talk to me about some of the background in the sport uh you know your high school even coaching career up until this point uh, it's been it's a very interesting i started wrestling in seventh grade i got cut from the basketball team and then decided to wrestle uh, eighth grade year got cut again and wrestled again um kind of like did it was all right it wasn't like it was it was something to do i always like love sports uh very similar to you like you know always watching any kind of sport you can watch and always getting into it and so um sophomore year or freshman year they needed a 103 pounder so i jumped at this the uh, opportunity to get a varsity letter is like big thing back in that time it, you know a freshman getting a varsity letter so didn't do very well that year um actually went nine and 19 uh nine of those matches may or may not have been forfeits 
So, but I did, I did pull off a good one where the one tournament I was at, I got fourth out of five and I lost to the fifth place finisher. <laughs> I, won't, I won't provide details on how that happened. I'm just that talented. <laughs> no, absolutely. So end up working hard, going to some camps and doing some things in the off season, end up going to semi-state my senior year, which was, I technically was only the second semi-state qualifier in school history when I did it. Another guy that actually was a very good trying, actually tri-state football player was did the same year, but I was a little bit lighter than he was. So I technically was the second one in school history. So which was kind of, kind of cool and something that, you know, never really been done in the school history. So um, after that, I went to the university of Finley in Finley, Ohio. They were uh, and wrestled there. They were NAI in my first three years and then D2 my, my last two years. And we were basically a top five program all of those years, except for the one year we kind of sandbagged in D2 so we could have a real strong team last year so uh, a lot of great experiences there wrestling with a lot of great guys um coach sean nelson was a division all one one all-american for penn state uh alberto rodriguez was an olympian for cuba who was just absolutely amazing he beat guys like kenny monday and dave schultz and i I have them in my wrestling room to learn from and attempt to wrestle with it (laughs) there was not much wrestling he just barely moved his leg and was in good position and then uh yeah like bubba taylor was a three-time NAI champ. Um, a lot of guys, um, Ryan Ludwig, who's the head coach at uh, Northern Illinois right now, he was he was a teammate, and then he coached for a couple years when I was there. So a lot of guys I got to learn from, not only on the mat, but off the mat um, at Finley. is a lot of great experience and people I still talk to to this day. Oh, absolutely. So was coaching always something that you wanted to do, or as, as time went on and you fell in love with the sport, um, did that kind of come more of a reality through that? Uh, it was, I really wasn't anticipating coaching when I got out of school. I ended up getting a, came back home after I was done, didn't really have a job, ended up finding a part-time job and then saw that there's some coaching openings. So I was like, I might as well coach and make a little bit of money since I don't have a real job yet. And, uh, coached at Northrop my first year, ended up kind of liking it and kind of grew from there. Um, after that, I went to Garrett for about minus one year off where I visited Angola for a year, um, was there for about 10 years. So, um, it was kind of an interesting journey there and, you know, just learning about coaching and starting to get more and more excited about it and having success, seeing the kids having success is always kind of fun to, it's kind of addicting to get kids to stay and have guys have success and, and learn from them and they not, and them also learn from you. No, absolutely. So how did you, you know, find your way to tri-state. You know, I actually, it, it's not to call you old, um, but, you know, you, you were here for a little bit um, while it was tri-state, not trying. Um, but how did you get your way, you know, to Angola, Indiana? I was at Garrett the previous couple of years as a an assistant coach and some administration issues when it came up. And so this is the first year of the program here. So I called Coach Callahan said, hey, do you want to volunteer assistant? I was actually just working up in Hamilton. So it was a 10, 15 minute drive is actually closer than going to Garrett other than I lived in Fort Wayne. (laughs) But, um, it was, you know, talked to him a little bit and he's like, yeah, I'll take you. You know, he's not going to, uh, think twice about it. I had a lot of college experience and obviously had some coaching experience. So came here and it was uh, very eye opening to say the least. Uh, it was a team. There's only two people in the wrestling room that had college experiences me and one of the other wrestlers who, had wrestled D1 for a year and came back closer to home and trying to teach these guys college wrestling without much college wrestling experience in the room was very challenging. And, and there were some good kids there. There's some, a lot of good, 
you know, guys with state that were state quality state placers. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun and a lot of uh, learning there to say the least. No, absolutely. Um, as a coach, what would you say is the most important thing that you kind of have to, to give to your athletes? You know, is it necessarily what you're teaching them or, you know, there's a lot of kids who, I mean, being on all facets, you know, even though you coached, you know, not a, not a huge team and kind of, guys with not necessarily college experience but you know you've coached you know you've coached youth kids before you've coached high schoolers middle schoolers um what's the most important and almost the hardest part of coaching and kind of speaking to your athletes in that way uh getting them to believe in themselves uh, why I, I always say that one of the biggest things to get a especially high school level is to get a 15 16 17 year old kid to believe in themselves that's better than teaching them any moves or anything if they can believe in their abilities and their work ethic and everything they've put in believe in their the coaches that are sitting in the quarter that's going to make a huge difference because once you believe in yourself uh there's a lot of possibilities out there and that's the hardest thing to you know trials and tribulations of a, of a wrestling season there's ups and downs and you wrestle some good kids some bad kids and you if you're you got to have that right level of confidence you know not too much but enough that you're you believe in everything you've done up to that point especially towards the end of the season in the state series or, you know, regionals, nationals, that level. No, absolutely. And my next two, you know, questions kind of go along that. Um, We'll talk about this one real quick. Um, You know, usually I have to inform people of some of my bad habits in high school, but I don't have to do that with you. Um, Obviously, you know that I didn't eat right, Um, you know, didn't necessarily take care of my body right, had a lot of injuries. Um, Can you talk about how important that is and and taking care of your body through such a long season, even in high school, and then, you know, when you get to the college level? Yeah, that's, uh, I I know nutrition and stuff is something that I look back on my career, and I was not a very good eater myself, and I wish I would have had someone that would just have taken me and said, Hey, eat this, this will be better for you. I'd never really had salads until I actually was done competing and realized, Hey, these aren't too bad. (laughs) Um, you know, and just eating better. And I know college, it was a little bit different because you don't have access to the better foods because of the financial issues with that. But same thing. I mean, I wish I'd have eaten better. I know, I know even now if I don't if I eat stuff that is not the best, I don't feel as good. If I eat a lot of fast food in a couple of days, I don't feel as good. Um, it's it's very important just to keep your your body and your mind right. It's the little things when you get when you're wrestling, you want to you're training not just to beat you know you're training to beat the top five five ten percent kids. Those other eighty ninety percent guys you can beat without you know with just what you're doing with just your regular training just with everything you're doing but if, to beat the top level guys you got to get every advantage you can um, eating right taking care of your body you know if something hurts rest it tape it ice it do whatever needs to be done um, it's better to have be healthy at the end of the season and not have to grind through injuries and things like that I've had my fair share in college and stuff and I know there's a couple times where I took a week off and felt tremendously better and ready to go and refresh mentally and physically so it's a lot of things that taking care of your body uh, nutrition is something that's I won't say it's easy. It's a lot easier nowadays that you have inter- the internet. You have, uh, I know you said you've mentioned multiple times you have coaches that are really high on that, which right. is good. Um, sleep obviously is very important. And Nick Lee says he's he gets a nine and a quarters hours sleep every night, and and that's a you know that's a thing that's helps him mentally and physically. You know he knows if he gets that amount of sleep, he's ready to go throughout the day, whether it's to class, training, whatever. You know that kind of stuff is very important to get in that rhythm and make sure you do all those right things 
um, that make your keep your body healthy and your mind right for the whole season. No, absolutely. And Nick Lee is obviously, you know, a, a two-time, two? Yeah. Okay, two-time yeah. national champ. I wasn't sure if it was three. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, me as an athlete, I'm trying to do better on it. Um, it is – you know, it's like you said, it's easier now, but um, definitely trying to improve that facet of my wrestling. Because like you said, any advantage you can get over somebody is is truly uh, beneficial. So um, this isn't even just about wrestling necessarily, but uh, mentality, uh, something I kind of overlooked throughout most, most of my career. Um, just because sometimes things come easy. You're not really, you know, tried with much. Um, but how do you keep, you know, a strong mentality? And like you said, believe in yourself, believe in what you can do, um, buying into a, pro a process. Uh, how do you keep your mentality right? You know, there's highs and lows. Maybe you get beat by, uh, you know, a kid you shouldn't have got beat by. Um, and how do you keep that and kind of black that out and keep your mentality right for such a long season? Uh, the long season's always, you know, something that you gotta, you gotta be prepared for mentally that there's going to be good days and bad days. Very few of us are able to go a whole season undefeated or without bad matches. I mean, look at, you know, high school, college wrestling, how many people go through the whole season undefeated and unscathed. Um, it's more of a mentality of tomorrow the sun's going to come up. I got to get better every day. Um, and we're all going to have good days. We're going to have good days in the practice room, bad days in the practice room, bad days on the mat. And, you know, the main thing is figure out what caused that bad day. Was it, did I, not eat well, did I not cut my weight correctly, um, things like that that can help you uh, get to that level of, you know, being more consistent, those types of things. And it's, you know, dissecting how how can you improve, what did you do wrong, watching film, working with coaches, those types of things. There's all some sorts of things that you can do to make sure that, you know, you keep plugging away and know, to, know that, you know, tomorrow's going to come, I'm going to get better tomorrow and keep improving you know, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint, especially the college season because it gets long. November through March is a long time, and I I know personally my body and my mind is it, it's hard at times, especially that mid January grind of all dual meets and they're all tough matches, and you don't get any easy. There's no there's no letting up with practices, and it, it can get kind of hard at times. Right. Um. You know, it, it's been a little while. Um. But what would you say? is the biggest, you know, difference from wrestling in high school to college as far as maybe not just the actual competition, but practices and the level of commitment, you know, coming to school full time. You don't have mom and dad to hold your hand um, and you have to take that self-responsibility. But what would you say is ultimately the biggest difference and what advice would you give from that high school to college jump? Uh, it's, it's very, very physical and there's no easy matches. Those are the two things that I figured out real quick. Uh, they're going to come in there. They're going to, you know, the things that they would stop in high school for being a little bit too dangerous or too physical. They let go a lot harder on in, in college. So um, that, and you know, there's a little bit of the, the rules. There's no, you know, the, it's almost a different sport now with a four point near fall with the out of bounds stalling. But the same thing, the main thing is it's going to be a grind. It's, there's no easy matches. There's no easy practices. If you're the stud in the wrestling room, uh, in high school or one of the better kids, you come to college and you're average at best. And I've seen, I've seen a lot of guys that, especially when I was at Finley, we had a really good team and we bring in some really good recruits that were state champs and did a lot of good things. And they were really talented wrestlers. But then when they got to college, they were second or third string and they didn't know how to handle that. And being able to, you know, come in with that right mentality that you're going to be the yeah, you might not be the, the guy, but you got to work to that. And just like when you were a freshman, you had to work towards being the man. 
your junior and senior year and you kind of forget that after your junior and senior year that you really had to work your butt off to be that man and now you come back you know you're getting knocked down to being a freshman again so it's just it's a lot of uh, work and it's not just a lot of you know you gotta come in with that mentality that I'm gonna work my butt off and I'm gonna be the man whether it's freshman sophomore maybe it's just junior and senior year just like you would do in high school no absolutely so I want to jump into this um I don't really actually know the history about it because I was lucky enough to come through high school and I've seen it grown a lot um since my you know my freshman year and I really got into it but uh can you tell me the story of Indiana Matt and how you founded all that that's an interesting story uh back in the day the olden olden days (laughs) before uh, texting and cell phones and social media, a lot of Indiana had basically a message board and it was, it was really active. I mean, that's where you got all your information. That's where, I mean, basically what you would get from social media now or Facebook, you know, Facebook, Twitter, anything like that results, you know, who's, who beat who, any big, you know, oh, who's, who the tough freshman. And it was, it was extremely active is, you know, it was pretty fun to be on. And I had a, I, I was sneaky, for a while, no one really knew who I was until one person kind of called me out later, um, <laughs> kind of figured out who I was. But I was pretty, I laid pretty low and people, I, they knew that I knew a little bit about wrestling, but they also couldn't figure out who I was for the life of them because I really wasn't that good of a wrestler. And I didn't, you know, I, no one knew if they would have said my name, they wouldn't have known who I was anyway. So, um, and then one day is a 2008, I believe the message board got hacked and it was right uh late December or late November, right? The start of the season, everyone's, you know, the boards hopping, everyone's asking about results and lineups. And, you know, we heard this, we heard that and the board, no one could get on it. And this was like, like I said, before, before social media and stuff. So not a lot of stuff was going on there. So kind of waited, kind of waited, nothing was coming up and ended up talking to a couple of buddies of mine. I said, I have a website up and half hour they're like do it and I'm like oh take me a lot of work and <laughs> so they end up talking me into it end up getting it up and running and it's kind of taken off from there uh keeps growing every year adding new things new ideas a lot of people uh outside of the people that work with Indiana Matter are always at you know suggesting things and I'm taking those into to account and saying you know that's a good idea let's let's try it and kind of just running with little things here and there and making it as cool of a website as possible no, absolutely. Was there ever a point, um, you know, in your career where you kind of like maybe things weren't going right with it and it, maybe it was a little too time consuming, you know, balancing, you know, wrestling and your family life. Was there ever a point where you kind of wanted to, to hang it up and not necessarily continue with the, the website? Uh, not since we really started it. I know there are a lot of people early on that didn't think it would last. I had no clue how long it would last. I know I heard had some naysayers that didn't think it would keep going and now we're 14 years later and it's as big as ever and it's nationally recognized and things. So it's just, it's been a lot of work here and there with it, but it's something kind of runs itself at, at certain points where I don't have to do as much stuff. Like right now, there's very little stuff I have to do other than some administrative type things and make sure the bills are paid and that kind of type of stuff. Right. Um, no, absolutely. I can, I can tell, I don't exactly remember, but you know, I've seen, you know, your website grow. Um, it's crazy. You know, from that time where we first step onto the mat to when we hang it up, it's just like when in my school computer, I would just go to look up. I would just have to type IN. <laughs> any, any, all day in study hall, I'm looking at results on your website, looking at rankings. Um, and I think you do a great job with it. And it's, it's cool to see that we have that because, you know, I got guys on the team who are from, 
uh, Arizona, we have Michigan, uh, Ohio, and they don't necessarily have, you know, that, that type of platform or, or the platform that's, you know, on that level. So it's, it's really beneficial to not only the sport of wrestling, but the state of Indiana and all the athletes in it. So I thank you for that. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's pretty neat. I was talking this past weekend when we were in Pittsburgh. I know we're going to talk about that. The yeah. PA Power, which is a Indiana Matt type website. Uh, I was talking with the guy that runs that a little bit. We were, you know, talking about just things and stuff. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I talk to the guy in Iowa all the time and stuff. And, you know, just kind of exchanging ideas and things and trying to make, you know, all our state-based websites as cool as possible, which is, it's pretty neat to see, to find those people that other that same passion in different states and, it's neat to see those websites. I keep an eye on them and they keep an eye on us to see what we're doing and maybe, maybe uh, using some of their ideas to help their websites grow. No, absolutely. Um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about coaching now um, before we get back to some of the Indiana Matt stuff, but um, you know, you've coached on some, some high, uh, you know, platforms, obviously, you know, you were just in Pittsburgh, um, but two years ago, 2020, um, we had a state champion, Reeve Muncie, um, finally under the lights. You know, you go down to state every year. You stay for those Friday night matches. The spotlight, the walkouts, everything is just so amazing. Uh, can you talk to me about the experience of coaching in the state finals? Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very uh, nerve-wracking. You just don't want to pass that on to you, to the wrestler, <laughs> to your athlete. You want right. to stay as calm and, uh, as possible, but it's it's – it's a lot of fun to, to be under that light and be in the, you know, those last matches uh, of the season, those last 14 matches. It's, um, you know, something I've been trying for for quite a while. I've been in the semifinals a, a handful of times and just came up short and, you know, ha had a lot of athletes that I know could have been under there, but things didn't work out. But it, it was a lot of fun and, you know, good to celebrate it and be with a, a kid that's put in the time and done the things that, you know, that we've asked and there've been some ups and downs and some, some, uh, nice little talks and some things, you know, and it's great to end a career in that, in that way. No, absolutely. And, you know, were you, you were there for the Lefevers or were you at Garrett? I was at Garrett for, um, but the Lefevers did come up to Garrett to work out a lot and came real close to that, that family. Okay. So, um, and it's not even just necessarily the fevers, but in your time and your experience, you see, you see a lot of high level wrestlers, um, you know, seeing some of the other, and even you have contacts with a lot of high level teams in the area, in the state. Um, do you kind of like take certain things from, you know, wrestlers or programs and try to implement them into your own or how much does that, what is it like being around, you know, guys of that quality? You know, you're around Jesse Mendez, four-time, you know, state champion, committed to Ohio State. I saw in your Snapchat, you know, Nick Feldman was in the room, uh, also committed to Ohio State. So what's it like being in a, in a room and an atmosphere with those high-caliber guys? It's, it's a lot – it's pretty neat, and I know there's – I always try to if, – if you can catch a practice somewhere, just see what other people are doing, uh, what good things. I know earlier in my career we would go over to Mishawaka and go to their open rooms and – wrestle around take I'd take a car full of kids in my little Honda Civic <laughs> and when, that's a funny one but uh, my, the kids after I sold it uh, kind of shed a little bit of tear there's a lot of memories in that thing going from Garrett to Mishawaka oh, sure. every Tuesday or Wednesday I can't remember what day it was but we'd go there and stuff but it's a lot of fun you know going there there are a lot of coaches in the room there are a lot of wrestlers wrestling around just seeing what they're doing seeing if there's anything new um this past weekend at uh, Pittsburgh they had there's some kids rolling around on Friday before the event, like in, right before lunch, and David Taylor's in there wrestling Nick Feldman, and it was pretty neat just watching them. And then, 
you know, Mendez and Seltzer drilling, just watching them wrestle, seeing what they're doing, how they're doing it. And then uh, after that, I was sitting there in the corner after Jesse and Zeke were wrestling. Uh, Taylor was wrestled, uh, working with a kid fr- from Team USA. Kids going to Arizona State. His dad was an NCAA champ. His other coach uh, was a pretty higher level wrestler. His his brother was an Olympic champion. So these two coaches are you know working with David Taylor and th- just asking him questions and just looking at him and watching him dissect little things of where do you put your hand? He's like, don't put your hand here. And he moved it maybe an inch. You know, this is where you want to put your hand because this prevents him from doing that and that and this and that. And it's pretty interesting just to sit there and watch him. And you know that a guy, obviously he's an Olympic champion, world champion, won pretty much everything you could possibly win. And the stuff that, how much they're dissecting, just the littlest things of your hand placement on certain positions. And you know, this kid's dad's an NCAA champ, so he, you know, he has a pretty good mentor right there. But right. he's also picking up on that stuff, and the, the coaches are kind of looking at him and asking questions. And it's, it's interesting to see in that kind of situation where there's no pressure, no one's. It's not they're not hard workouts and stuff. Um, you know, even before that, Taylor's Russell and Feldman, and and you know, Feldman's a pretty darn good wrestler. And right. He was. <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, I mean, Feldman can contend to be an All American this year right now. I think he's pretty darn tough, and then. And when Taylor decided to turn it on, there, there was, it was unbelievable how much better Taylor is than him. And, you know, the other coaches and I are talking, like, there's levels to this. Even at that level, there's a huge gap in just a really good high school kid, an extremely good high school kid that can continue wrestle at the collegiate level right now to an Olympic champion. And it was, it was kind of interesting to see them wrestle and rolling around and kind of just interacting. And, you know, other guys, uh, Taylor's a real good guy. He's interacting with coaches and kids and everything. And it's pretty neat to see at that level that the attention to detail. And that's something that you don't really get to, to focus on as much in high school because you have such a wide variety of, of wrestlers from first-year kids to guys that are 365 year-round wrestlers right um so that's always kind of it's kind of neat to be able to focus on little things like that and see kids grow in those little areas no absolutely um and you touched on it a little bit with the the pittsburgh classic um but you know putting a lot of that that indiana team on the map and bringing those guys you know it was it was technically your team um you know sending indiana to that um it, it does a lot for the state um, but, you know, seeing some of the top guys in Indiana compete with some of the top guys in the nation, um, can you talk to me about how how exciting that was and just being able to take, you know, your home state and, and put them on the map on a national comp, uh, national competition? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The whole thing, uh, Pittsburgh Classic, is uh, first class from the get-go. A lot of people, a lot of the coaches I, and parents and kids were like, you know, when I went, we went six years ago and I – I knew it was a really good dual meet, but I had no clue everything else. The night before, they have uh, – well, first, when you get there, they load you up with a ton of gear. The kids get a bag full of gear, uh, singlet, uh, singlet uh, warm-ups, shorts, everything, you know, shirts and everything. And then there's a banquet on, thir- on the night before, really big banquet. You dress up, all these – Kids, I believe it or not, most of them have shirts and ties, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty impressive that they cleaned up pretty nicely. And it's pretty neat to see um, they announce the teams. They you know have a couple of speakers like David Taylor spoke a little bit about wrestling and his career, things like that. And then they really treat the kids well. I mean, it's like they roll out the red carpet from the beginning, uh, from from the start. It's you know uh, very gracious hosts and very. You can tell the committee members. There's about ten. 
10 guys that are like on the committee that uh, really take pride in everything they do there, which is really cool. And then the wrestling, it's pretty neat to, you know, it's high level wrestling. They take, they take a lot of pride in wrestling in, in Pennsylvania, especially that area. Jim was packed full of wrestling fans, very knowledgeable. Uh, it's pretty neat to see as a coach and stuff, you're going into enemy territory, all but probably 25, 30 fans from Indiana. And then there's a couple thousand from, from Pennsylvania that every time a Pennsylvania kid would get a takedown, they would cheer. They would, they would get kind of really loud and you know, pretty cool environment to be in. But um, the biggest thing is, you know, you putting those kids on the map and being able to have them experience that, you know, we were talking, I know one of the coaches was talking to his kid who lost and he's like, you know, win or lose, this is a great memories. You, you know, is a cool event to be a part of. No one's going to remember in a week if you won or lost. No one's going to remember in a year if you won or lost, but you're going to have these memories. You're going to have this, the, the gear, that, that kind of stuff. And that kind of, it's pretty neat just to be a part of. It's a 48 years they've had it going on. Uh, we've luckily been able to do it twice now. And I think sounds like we might be able to do it again in the, in the near future. We'll get in that little bit of a rotation to be able to bring teams there. And I think it's a great experience for the kids and families and, kind of a good good cap to your to their career to be able to be you know be showcased on a live event it's very popular i mean it's on flow wrestling it's you know not not much else is going on and you get a lot of you get a lot of people eyes on them and i know a lot of a few of our kids did not have uh weren't committed to colleges and i know a couple of them probably impressed a few people because they wrestled up at a pretty high level there Oh, absolutely. And it's it's a lot like the Pittsburgh Classic, um, but one of the coolest events I got to, I didn't go, but the coolest event I got to experience over you know social media was the Dream Team. Um, that was extremely cool. Uh, I'll always remember, you know, Brayton Lee getting that takedown, takedown in overtime, um, just, just the atmosphere there, you know, Brownsburg obviously being a, a high wrestling area um, and, and down there. Um, it, it was just amazing to watch. Um, was, you know, it's kind of like the Pittsburgh Classic as far as, you know, getting out there and getting kids exposed to, you know, more more coaches, national spotlight, um, and, and national competition. But, um, you know, seeing it – was, it was Team USA versus Team Indiana and stacking those kids against the best kids in the nation. Was that a lot like Pittsburgh? Or just talk to me about that environment. You know, you had Mason Paris, Lucas Davison, just great wrestlers in that time. Um, just talk to me about that experience a little bit. Yeah, we – a couple of years before is when I first went to Pittsburgh and I'm glad I did Pittsburgh before that. Cause I kind of picked some things of what they did. I obviously I could not, I, you try to emulate something like that. That's going to be, it's very difficult, but as far as the experience for the kids and, you know, I kind of picked some things that they did and I really like you know, like the banquets and, you know, trying to, you know, give the kids something to do and things like that. So, uh, what we, you know, same, it's very similar to the Pittsburgh wrestling classic other than they rotate, uh, states every cup, you know, they'll go to different states every year. So it's, um, it was pretty neat. Uh, great environment, obviously. Uh, all the guys, it was pretty neat mainly because you had a whole crowd, a couple of thousand people all cheering for the Indiana guys. Everyone's cheering for Mason Paris at state. Most people maybe were cheering for him, but not, you know, not everybody. Right. So it was pretty neat to see, have everyone on the same side cheering for those guys. And just like in Pittsburgh, when Indiana guy got a takedown, they were cheering when there was a close call. They were, they were literally booing, <laughs> booing the ref who is an Indiana guy. So, <laughs> which was kind of funny. I was like, yeah, they're, you know, we have some savage fans that are booing our own guys that are on the whistle. So, uh, it was just, it was an awesome event. Really. I mean, I didn't get to bed till about four o'clock in the morning. Just, it was so, you know, it, 
so exciting to be able to put that together and be, you know, be a part of and see the kid, the kids uh, came out and performed, which was pretty cool to see them just go out there and battle with some of the tough guys. Uh, the Ty Mills pinning the number one guy in the country in his home gym, never won a state title. I thought the roof was going to come off that place. <laughs> no. So it's, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm looking forward to trying to get one, another one in here in Indiana. Cause I know, I know a lot of people are itching to have another one, and it's it was great to build around uh, guys like Lucas Davison, Brayton Lee, and and Mason Paris, who not only are phenomenal wrestlers, but they're also also great kids. And saw them all at NCAs, talked to them for a few minutes, and you know it's always neat to see those guys, you know, having success. I know there's a couple other guys, uh, the one kid from uh, Pittsburgh. He wrestles at Pittsburgh now, Cole Matthews. He was in the semifinals, and before the semifinals, I was may or may not have been on the floor. I think that's you, another topic. You were on national television. <laughs> so I was like, hey, you know, hey, Cole, how's it going? Do you remember who I am? And I talked to him. He's like, oh, yeah, that, I had a lot of fun there. And so it, it's kind of neat just to say hi to him, and he kind of remembered the event and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty neat. And I think there, there was a Mason and Andrew Davison both wrestled at nationals this year, and then two other guys that wrestled in the event wrestled at nationals. They didn't wrestle each other there at they were they were different weights, but it's kind of neat to see so many of those guys that are wrestling that wrestled in that event are now in NCAs and stuff. So, um, really really cool event, and I'm glad that you know Indiana could be showcased. I know a lot of national there was, was nothing going on in the country that night, and a lot of people had their eyes on there. I saw you know social media was blowing up not only just in Indiana but outside of Indiana. People watching those matches at Brayton Lee to Corey Teamer match was just. Amazing. bonkers to say the least <laughs> and it was, it was fun to be a part of and it was it was pretty cool to be able to bring that to indiana no absolutely and i promise this is the last event i'll bring up um <laughs> but this one's actually pretty close um you know closer than the other ones but the uh the indiana hoosier preseason open um i have not been able to escape it since i've gotten in high school um i thought maybe when i was at college i was like okay we're done setting up and then we worked tables um but it, it really is an amazing tournament i never uh, had the opportunity to participate in you know, football. Um, they didn't want me participating in it. But, you know, there's kids from, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how many states, but I know double digits. Uh, there's yeah. kids all over the country. The best wrestlers have been there. You know, Gable's been there. Paris, obviously, a lot of the Indiana guys who are making great strides. Um, talk to me about how that kind of started. I don't assume it was always the juggernaut it is now. Um, but talk to me about that process. Nope. That was a, uh, the first year was about 165 kids and we ran four mats. So that was very interesting. It was a, you know, I became friends with one of the co-directors of super 32 and she came to me. They had, they have been sold out, sold out in like 15 minutes. The one year she's like, Hey, we're going to start doing some qualifiers. And she's like, do you want to run one? And I was like, sure, <laughs> I can run a wrestling tournament. I've been to a mud bunch of them. This should not be, this should be pretty easy. And it was not. And luckily it was small enough that any of the things that I did poorly were not overly exaggerated. And we ended up running a good tournament and then it just continued to grow. Um, it became say 240 kids the next year, then 440 and then started getting over 600. So um, last, last couple of years has been about 700 kids came to Indiana to wrestle in September, which is just crazy to think. And now, now I have, you know, people are asking me now about the tournament in, in March. They're like, hey, when's the tournament? Where is it going to be? You know, what's this and that? And I'm like, I, I barely know the date right now, but it's, it's grown to be, <laughs> you know, a 
a staple for the wrestling community. A lot of teams in Ohio come over. They they know they they're like they're making their off season schedules now and saying this is where you know we want to know what we're going to do here in September, and you know go from there. They're 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 using that as a gauge. And a lot of kids I know uh, we had a group from Arizona that came out last, uh, two years ago, which was pretty cool. Kids from California have come. I mean had Canadians so it's technically an international tournament right <laughs> so that is true yeah so um it's it's been pretty neat to see it grow and just you know just putting on a good tournament running it right treating people right you know when you have a deadline stick to the deadline and don't uh don't, you know don't give people favors I know there's there may or may not have been a freshman a true freshman all-american that they asked to come in two years ago during the COVID year and it was past the deadline. I was like, I'm sorry. I mean, I know your, your kid's really, really, really good. And I'd love to have him there, but it's, you know, I don't, it's not the name. It's a matter of, you know, the deadline passed and we're full. So right. and unfortunately you have to tell some people no. And while they, while they don't uh, necessarily like it, they understand it. I had a kid that won it this year. His dad, you know, afterward he comes talks to me. He's like, two years ago, you sent me, I asked you about getting him into the tournament and you said, Nope, tournament's full. And, I wasn't happy about it, but you run a good tournament. That's why we're back. And his kid ended up winning it last past year. And he's like, you know, I, I'm glad that you stick to your guns and stuff. And that's why we come to the tournament. No, absolutely. Seeing, um, you know, at the Plexi's last couple of years, obviously with the COVID stuff, it hasn't been easy. Um, but it, it's really cool to see all those high caliber guys. Um, not necessarily, you know, in Fort Wayne, where we're from, um, you know, usually you have to go to Indy uh, State to see them. But to see them all in, you know, my hometown is always really cool. Um, so I want to talk to you, go back to coaching before for a little bit. Um, what is the most important thing that you see in an athlete as far as um, what makes them coachable, um, and, you know, to, to someone who may not be, you know, the best wrestler, um, per se, what's the most important thing in an athlete that you look for? Uh, just a willingness to learn, just a willingness to ask questions and, you know, why, you know, what can I do to improve? How can I, how can I get from here to here? The, the willingness to be coached and ask questions and just, keep getting better every day, you know, whether it's watching videos of your own, going to YouTube or flow or wherever to watch other videos of wrestlers and just kind of being immersed with different things within the sport. And I mean, there's so much technique stuff on, on, on uh, the internet now that you can go watch, see some techniques and stuff and learn. There's a lot of things that, you know, you can learn and get things right at your fingertips. So just being able to being willing to learn and asking questions, how can I, you know, how can I recruit, improve my nutrition how can I improve my you know pre-match rituals and things like that to get better and you know and it's mainly just wanting to learn and wanting to get better and that that self-drive no absolutely um for me I think that the things I'm going to most take away from wrestling um may aren't, aren't necessarily going to be the awards uh not not the record not the getting your hand raised um, I think it's more of the relationships you build. Um, I'm lucky enough to have the relationship that we have due to wrestling that I that I hold close. Um, but what has wrestling, you know, taught and given you in your life? Uh, it's taught me just to be resilient. Uh, how many times have you been on your back in the first 15 seconds of a match, knowing this ain't going to be fun? And, <laughs> right. You know, and, and you know, you can tell a lot about of a, a person's personality and just their grit and drive. You know when when things don't go 
go their way. They get tossed to their back. They get a, they have a for sure takedown on the edge and the ref blows it out of bounds. And you, you know, you know, you want your coach arguing for you, but at the same time, it's not going to do any good. So it's like, how do you respond to adversity in those situations? In that six minute or seven minute match in college, you can really tell a lot about a kid. I know that's, you know, college coaches see that they like to look at, you know, how's a kid performing the Russell Wax? You know, they got beat, whether it was legit or maybe controversial or whatever. How do they respond in the wrestleback? So they run off five or six straight matches, or do they kind of just cash it in? So, um, and I know in my personal life, it's helped me kind of, you know, you got to refocus. You get knocked down. You got to, you know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow, but at the same time, you got to get back up. You got to get back plugging away. I can tell you there's a story back about a little over 10 years ago that wrestling kind of was the reason. I got through a tough patch in life. We, uh, my wife and I both lost our jobs right before Christmas. We had a one year old kid sitting at home and I'm just sitting there like, what do I do? What do I do? You know, what's Russ, what, what would you do on the wrestling mat? Do you just lay down and get pinned or do you get back up and go try to, you know, support your family and that stuff. That's, that's real life stuff that, you know, wrestling taught me that maybe if I didn't wrestle, I maybe I would have done it, but it kind of gave me that backbone of this is what I've done in similar situations. Obviously a wrestling match means very little, but at the same time, it's something that, you know, you can use that as a building block to say, hey, I've been on my back before. I've been in a, in a situation where it's tough, where it feels like I'm getting choked out. It feels like, you know, it's not a it's not a uh, comfortable situation, but, you know, you got to get back up and keep fighting. And, you know, it took a little bit, but, you know, family got back up on, on our feet and it was tough. It was tough. You know, you got to be there as, as, a, as a coach, as a father in that situation. You got to you got to be strong and maybe not show as many emotions as you want to uh, around people. But it's one of those things that, you know, I think wrestling taught me to just keep plugging away and good things will happen. No, absolutely. So, you know, something that's really important for me and being lucky enough to, to come from Carroll where a rich culture in both wrestling and football, it's made me realize how important culture is, um, you know, a hardworking culture where people all want that common goal. Um, so, you know, with Carol having such a, a rich culture, you know, from the time I was there to the time I left, um, as a coach, how do you kind of grow that culture and, and keep it going in the right direction? It's, I mean, the culture is something that's, it's very important to a wrestling program, to any program, whether you know, even a workspace, you know, uh, I know where I work, they, you know, they'll do lots of interviews and they'll, they'll have guys that are people that are very qualified for the job, but they don't fit the culture or they just don't think they'll fit in with the people there, which is, it's very important to have a good culture for growth, um, period, whether it's athletics or a work environment. So, I mean, that, that culture started way back, you know, when, uh, Ed Fox was the coach, Paul Voigt was the coach. It's been a real good, you know, culture of good, hard nosed, hardworking kids. And that grows from, you know, from year to year with the juniors and seniors that lead the way that, you know, this is how we do things. We're, we don't do anything fancy. We just go out there, outwork our, you know, outwork people and, you know, do good things and, you know, act respectable and do, you know, good things will happen on the mat. No, absolutely. Um, so now I want to transfer back into Indiana mat for a little bit. Um, you know, being the premier wrestling outlet, um, you know, how much of it takes up, you know, your life outside of, you know, coaching or work? Um, how much work is really behind the scenes that people don't see? A lot. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I try not to measure it, but there's a lot of things that, you know, I'm, I check the website constantly for 
anything and every, you know, if something's going on, I know if, if the website's down for five minutes, I'll get a text from, or an email from a dozen people. It seems, uh, just, it's just a matter of just maintaining and, you know, keeping things up to date and kind of tinkering things here and there. It's, uh, there's a lot of custom programming in there and that's what I do for a living. So I kind of like to tinker with it and make everything, you know, someone says, Oh, I don't like the way that looks. And then I'll tinker with it for a little bit and make it look a little bit better and, you know, kind of just take it from there. But it's, there's, I mean, off season's not as much, but at the same time, I'm kind of planning for new and better things and cleaning, cleaning and tidying things up on the website and making it as good as possible. No, absolutely. So I want to ask you right now, so you can set the record straight for anybody who's wondering, because I've heard about it all the time, um, even at my time at Carroll, to hear, do you do the rankings? No, I do not, even though a lot of people give me complaints. <laughs> I did do the semi-state rankings for a while. It's been about five or six years since I really did that. I, I kind of handed that off after a while, and I, I felt there's a person that could do it a little bit better and not have as much allegiances. I had a little more, too many allegiances to the kids I coached and I'd either overrank them or underrank them. And I didn't feel I was doing them a good service by, you know, doing either that. And, you know, sometimes maybe putting a target on their back that they didn't need. So handing off was probably one of the better things I did. So I, you know, I don't do the rankings. I, I post them when, the, when they're ready, the, the guys will tell me, Hey, rankings are ready. So I post them and that's about all I do. I, I'll, I'll check them over to make sure there's no, nothing egregious in there. And sometimes I, you know, offer a few suggestions, but it's not, uh, I don't do them automatically. Yes, yes. I'm glad that we can uh, get that straight. Um, so with this future, um, obviously you're growing every single year. Um, what is your ultimate goal and plan for Indiana, Matt? What do you want to turn that into? Just keep growing and keep doing new things. Um, streaming, we did a we did a, an event this year, the Crown Point uh, Mount Carmel match, which is absolutely crazy. So we're probably going to look into doing some more streaming next year. Just getting the equipment and getting setting up some good matches that are going on throughout the state to highlight different programs, whether they're big or small, and you know highlighting some cool events that uh, that we can do and you know kind of do it in our own way. I know we got a lot a lot of loyal followers that really like to listen to Mike and I and other people that are part of the website talk about wrestling. So keep doing that. Um, do some more podcasts maybe during the off season, a little bit more low key, not not uh, generated with you know not on on just current events but also talking to some past wrestlers or some coaches about philosophies and things like that no absolutely um and i can speak for one of your loyal fans uh my stepdad bill um <laughs> you know even though i'm out of high school um and in, the stuff doesn't necessarily pertain to me. He's still purchasing the Silverback membership. My mom gets on him because he works from home now. And multiple times she's walked downstairs and he's been on an Indiana mat when he's supposed to be working. <laughs> um, he's always checking the forums. Um, he's pretty active on the website. So I, I can say that he enjoys it. Um, so now I want to talk about the NCAA tournament, uh, the D1 tournament that just wrapped up two weekends ago. Um, so first off, you know, it was a crazy tournament. Um, a lot of upsets. I forget which match it was I texted you, um, but it was in the semifinals of, I think it was like 141 or 149. Um, there you are, you know, working a scorer's table in the background. I can see you on, you know, ESPN. It, what was it like being there with, and it's not the first time you've been there. I know you were there a couple years ago for sure. Um, but what's it like being there with, you know, the highest caliber guys in the whole nation? It's it's pretty cool to be, uh, I work for ESPN there doing, anytime the scoreboard is, being changed or whatever. I'm talking to those guys in the truck that do that and also doing uh, any kind of anything that goes on like with challenges or any kind of commotion that's going on that the 
people in the trucks can't hear uh, or see. I'm kind of on the floor, you know, trying to listen. That's why I know where, you, where, where you, exactly when you saw me. That's why you kind of saw me take off the headset and just listen to what the coaches are saying and, and reporting that back to them so that then they can relay that to the announcers. But it's, it's pretty cool to be down on the floor and just listening to what coaches do and listen to what they're saying. What are, what are they telling their athletes? Um, that's something I've taken. I've done that for 12 years, been uh, working the NCAs for 12 years. And, you know, that's a lot of things I take back. And, you know, what are they telling their athletes? How, how much, how hard are they, are they coaching them really hard? Or are they just kind of letting them do their thing? Because, I mean, at that point, if you're coaching a kid through through every move, it, it's kind of pointless. They're at that. They're at a pretty high level. They don't need to know, you know, finish finish a single leg. You know, right. they, they don't need to know. You know, it's and it's pretty interesting to hear the differences between different coaches and things. So, um, but it's also like even warm up, seeing guys work on spe- specific moves. <coughs> Sorry, no, it's okay. Um, and I, you know, before one of the sessions, I saw a couple coaches working on just a couple different positions and stuff. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting what they were trying. There's something, you know, just little things that they're working on a kid um, on how to finish single legs and things like that. So it's it's neat to see how they were interacting and how they're working with their kids and just getting the whole the whole feel of everything that goes on, especially that close to the action and, you know guys sometimes landing in front of you <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> scary but it's also you know what, what are the coaches saying how are they reacting to their kids how are they interacting uh, a lot of different little a lot of different things going on right there um that coaches do that i some are good some are bad and you know you, you hear hear or see kale on the corner versus the other coaches and there's there's a drastic difference right no absolutely um for me i'm a huge gable Stevenson fan um <coughs> And I think, you know, for me, it was it was uh, over the television. For you, it was in person. Uh, I think it was one of the coolest moments I've ever seen. Um, what do you make of Gable stepping away from the sport, and how was that moment in the atmosphere in the arena at that time? It was, it was pretty surreal because, I mean, I think everyone kind of saw it coming, but they didn't really want – it's one of those things you kind of know is coming, but you don't want to admit that it's coming. Um, and it was pretty neat to see him out there, you know, taking his shoes off. I've been to one other event, uh, World Team Trials, when Tony Ramos did it. Not quite as even Tony Ramos was an extremely talented wrestler, but he, it wasn't didn't quite have that that feel there. Um, but he, it was pretty neat to see. And I, there's there's words that he might be coming back, but I'm gonna I'm not gonna hold my breath until I until I actually see him in a Minnesota singlet again or USA singlet, whatever singlet he wants to wear. But it's it's kind of you know no seeing him and he was an Indiana guy, grew up in Indiana, wrestled at IPO, uh, those types of things. Seeing him kind of grow up into one the world's best, not even one of the world's best. It's pretty neat to see and know that his roots are here in Indiana. And, you know, kind of take Indiana can stake a little bit of stake in, in his success. No, absolutely. Um, one of the moments I always talk about when, when we're talking about Gable uh, with my buddies is um, I actually didn't know this until this year that it was Bobby who unfortunately beat Riley in the state finals, which is cool just because, you know, the tie to Riley and then it all kind of ties together with, with Bobby and Gable. But definitely definitely going to claim Gable as an Indiana guy if we can. Um, but what would you say is the, the, the coolest or most surreal moment of your coaching career? Oof, man, there's a lot of good moments uh, there's really not any particular moments it's more you know in all honesty last year we were at our at the uh, charger classic middle school match and garrett had brought a team there and going there and i was refereeing it which average at best referee but, <laughs> 
but seeing the Garrett team and seeing the Garrett coaches were four guys that I had coached in high school and seeing them give back to the sport that probably that was pretty cool that was really neat to see and guys you know sitting there talking to them and I'm just like you know they could probably see I was grinning from ear to ear I'm like you know whether you're on my team or not it's neat to see you guys giving back to the sport um there's so many good matches I mean there's some matches in in the ticket round that are that, that were, have been you know pretty fun uh coaching a couple kids that lost to guys previously at the in the conference finals and wrestle the same guy in the ticket round and end up beating them, reversing that loss and a lot more important match. And, you know, just seeing kids grow, um, become better athletes and become better, you know, see them grow up at, you know, and see them out. And, you know, I had a, when I got married, there uh, three of my guys that I coached at Garrett or I was really close to, they were in our wedding and seeing them now grow up and they're like 30 years old now, which is crazy <laughs> to, to think about. Uh, but it's cause it's neat to see, you know, more than anything, seeing the kids grow up into nice young men and have families and seeing them get their their wrestl- their kids into wrestling. One of the kids I coach, his son's about the same age as mine, and trying he's, you know, posting videos of him at wrestling practice, and he's like, he's, you know, how is he doing? Oh, he loves it. He's, he's starting to really enjoy it. I'm like, you know, you should, we should have our kids come to meet, you know, wrestle each other. And, you know, even one of the kids that I coached when I was here at Tri-State, trying whatever you will call it. <laughs> um, his son is, I end up seeing him at uh, preschool, that preschool open house a couple of years ago. And I'm like, you know, is your son, you know, you have a kid here. He's like, yeah, my son here, you know? And so my son and his son become good friends. They end up not going to the same uh, kindergarten or uh, school for kindergarten, but he ended up wrestling this year at the club. And so, you know, I'm sitting there, you know, this is a kid I coached for a year and now his son's wrestling my son. They end up wrestling at the Carroll, uh, Carroll uh, spring tournament, which was kind of fun on my 17 to 12 barn burner. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that match. <laughs> so, but, that. but it's pretty neat to see that, you know, he has a you know, guy I coach, he had now as a son and they're wrestling together. They're good friends. And, you know, that's, it's pretty neat to see them grow and see, see the, the end results, you know, five, 10 years down the road, seeing, you know, nice young men. And, you know, that's, that's going to be bigger than any wrestling match winning matches under the lights or, you know, winning, you know, getting kids to state. That's cool. But at the same time, if, you know, if they're good kids afterward, give them back to the sport, whether they're a parent, whether they're coaching, whether they're just a super fan going to the local high school meets, going to college meets, you know, just being, you know, giving back to the sport, which is, that's the most important thing. No, absolutely. So obviously you touched on a little bit. Um, you're now a wrestling dad. Um, Rocco's starting to get more into the sport. Um, talk to me, obviously he's still young, you know, a little more patient with the young kids, but, uh, talk to me about how different it is, you know, coaching your son, um, maybe not different, but talk to me about how it is actually being a wrestling dad and that's your kid out there. Uh, it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I always, uh. I used to give uh, Coach Slofer a hard time when his when uh, his son was up, and he because he would just get into it, and he said you know, one time he's like, "Man, I almost passed out," and I'm like, "I probably shouldn't be saying this, but he's kind of." But anyway, you know, and I kind of just made fun of him, like, "Oh yeah, whatever," you know. And uh, just this year, Rocco started real matches at real tournaments. We had some some like matches up in the wrestling room. They weren't that bad, and it was pretty low key. But then we got to our first tournament, and you know, he's out there wrestling and. Afterward, I'm like, man, I got to take a deep breath here. This is, you know, this is the most, this match means nothing in the grand scheme of things. And I'm getting into it. I'm like short of breath. I'm like, and and I text a couple of people and I'm like, man, this coaching your own son, that that's, there's a different, that's a different 
world there. And, and I go, he's five years old. I, I this mean this match means nothing. And, you know, he, I just want him to go out there and wrestle hard and, you know, have fun. And now, you know, I'm getting out of breath and like, Oh my goodness. So it got a little bit easier as his matches gone on, went on, but it's still, it's, it's definitely, it's a lot harder than I anticipated. I've coached numerous matches. Like I said, been on their lights, coached way too many ticket round matches that were crazy intense. And I probably felt worse after my son's first match at a <laughs> random tournament out in the middle of nowhere. No, absolutely. It's, <laughs> You know, obviously I haven't had that experience, but um, hopefully one day I will. Uh, I'm sure it's a super cool experience. So now we'll jump into some some rapid fire stuff. Um, would you say, um, okay, I'm going to ask this first. Who is the best wrestler right now in the world? It, it, see, it's kind of, okay, we can go nation. So we don't get into like the guys from, or maybe that doesn't change your answer. Saudi Laiyev is probably the best in the world. Yeah. He, he's pretty good. In, in the country, probably Gable right now. Okay. Because he's, I don't consider him retired yet. <laughs> okay. No, I got you. So um, who, who would you say is your favorite? I don't know if you have favorites, but um, what, your favorite wrestler. For me, it's Gable. I'm a big Gable fan. Um, but your favorite wrestler in the, in the scene now? I like watching Gable. I like watching any of the Indiana guys. Uh, Nick Lee's fun to watch. RBY is fun to watch. Um, there are just so many good guys that, you know, have exciting styles. I mean, I just, it's, you know, any of the Indiana guys, I like watching the, anyone from Indiana wrestle. You know, Chad Red's always exciting. He's always doing something crazy. Brayton Lee's one of my, you know, talk to him kind of fairly frequently and, He's always fun to watch. Mason Paris, uh, Lucas Davis, and all those guys. It's it's fun to watch the Indiana guys that I've, I've had close connections with and have you know been a part of seeing them succeed in Indiana and now seeing them succeed at the national level. No, for sure. So match day, what would you say is one of your your what do you have to have? What are some of your coaching necessities? Uh, caffeine and. <laughs> And everything organized that I don't have to worry about random little things going on behind the scenes. <laughs> no, absolutely. It can, it can get pretty hectic. Um, well, I think that's going to wrap it up. First off, or last off, I guess we'll say, um, I want to thank you. Um, you know, throughout, you coached my brother um, through middle school and then obviously the four years at Carroll. There's been some ups and downs. <laughs> um, but you've always stayed by my side throughout all of it, so I want to thank you for that. Um, and I really do appreciate you for everything you've done for me. Um, and I hope that we can, you know, stay in contact, remain close. Um, because what you've done and, and you as a person, our relationship means a lot to me. So uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Coach Caprino, I can't thank you enough for hopping on the podcast and telling the Trine Wrestling community about yourself. Uh, and that will conclude the ninth installment of the Building a Trine to See podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for listening, and I can't wait to see you next time. Thank you, and go Thunder. Listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.